You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. By 10 past 8, we have a guest either in studio or on the line. And today, we're having an on a guest on the line. We are speaking to... Um, wait, wait. We are speaking to, to Lerato Katebe, yes. and we are speaking about uh, a dietitian. We're speaking about what kind of food we need to look out for, especially dealing with height, cholesterol, diabetes, mm-hmm. and the likes. So, uh, do we have Lerato on the line? We're going to get her on the line. All right, shortly. we're still trying to get Lerato on the line shortly, mm-hmm. but uh, we are on Facebook, Hope Alive Radio Station. On uh, Twitter, we are Hope um, Alive at Hope Alive underscore radio, and on Instagram is at Hope Alive Radio. Do like our social media platforms, do like what we're doing here, be part of the conversations beyond the hour that we are here. 06. Seven one five three one zero eight nine between six and and nine p.m. nine a.m. Our hashtag is GMG Breakfast and hashtag Hope Alive Radio. Yes, sir. And so we mentioned that one of the things that we want to chat about is, um, I don't know, but f- about you, but personally, um, you know, I feel a lot of grannies have conditions such as diabetes, high cholesterol, um heart palpitations and and so forth and whatever um to a degree that sometimes it might not be explained to them as to what is going on because of the language barriers that they might be experiencing and so forth so i thought it would be good for us to bring these conversations to the fore but also not for us to just speak about how we can deal with those conditions but also how we can speak to preventing them because we're seeing Uh. now especially in the black communities that these are things that are rising up so we're going to get ulrato on the line she has been with us before she is a dietitian and yes she's going to be having that conversation with us we're still trying to get her on the line but we definitely will all soon. right so i uh, will go more to, to a song whilst we wait for lerato and then we'll come back we'll be into the conversation is that good yeah all right uh, we're going to go to rescue by uh, laurel diangle You are not hidden There's never been a moment You were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath That is our rescue by Laurel Deangle, and uh, we're in conversation right now with our guest Olerato Khatebe. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Fantastic. Yes, cannot complain. Welcome to the GMG Breakfast Show. Thank you for being with us once again. It's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Yes. Your line is so clear. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know if we I'm asked... using headphones today. Yes, love it. I don't know if we asked you the last time, but um, in case we didn't, maybe let's get back to how do you become a dietitian for anybody that might be listening on the line and you are speaking to something that they want to get into. Okay, so in order to become a dietitian, you need to have the maths and science. I obviously don't know the equivalent of the new numbers versus the percentages that mm-hmm. we used to have, but you need to basically have entrance, university entrance, mm-hmm. and then you apply at the universities that offer dietetics. So you you are a dietitian, but you study dietetics. Mm-hmm. And the universities that offer dietetics in South Africa are POCH, are University of Pretoria, Sifako uh, Mojato and UCT. So um, those are the ones that offer it. And yeah, you just apply and you can then study. It's a four-year degree. And um, that is followed by a year of community service. And then you can be a qualified dietitian. Mm. And then just uh, quickly before we get into the conversation, what career paths can one follow mm. once you've studied uh, this particular course? What are your options? Oh, your options are absolutely endless. So, mm. but for formality's sake, um, at university, we divide um, dietetics into three streams. Mm. So the first stream is clinical, and a clinical dietitian basically works in a hospital or in an outpatient setting who does more one-on-one patient care, what patients need to eat, mm. how the disease affects a person's diet, um, and how to adjust to the diet based on that um, ICU patients who need to be fed by drip or through the nose, all of those things. So that's clinical. Mm. And then you also have a field that's called community dietitian. So a community dietitian does more public health stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's about educating the public about how to eat. So it's not an individual nutrition and what happens with an individual, but it's more about the public. Um, we do, um, you know, you work in community settings where you sometimes start community projects. Um, a lot of people work in NGOs and NGOs that follow um, nutrition and or promote nutrition issues. Um, and then there's another stream called food service management. Mm-hmm. And then in food service management, most of the time, food dietetics, food service management work in hospitals where they are in the kitchen and managing the kitchen and how the kitchen operates in order to deliver food for patients that is nutritionally adequate. Mm. Um, and so, but there's other settings where food service um, dietitians work, like in old age homes, or they're working in um, care homes, like so facilities where like you have CP children mm-hmm. or children with disabilities that are in homes that obviously need any institution that house people who, who have medical issues. So those are the two clear, like, mainstream, but mm. there's a lot of other things in between that, Sub-sectors. yeah, we do. And just yes. to get into the conversation, um, I, I know we hear the term all the time, but I don't want to take it for granted and it's just assume everyone knows what it means. What is diabetes? Okay, I actually hope you'd ask me that question. Mm. And I usually have a little, a little short little story that I tell uh, my patients when I educate them about diabetes. Mm-hmm. So... This is a very simplified version so that everybody can understand it. You don't have to be, so it's not exactly the medical way and how the medical um, 
how it works medically, but it's a nice illustration that helps you understand what happens. Mm -hmm. So I often tell my clients that just think of your body as your home. In your home when you cook or when you have any sort of additional over and above what you need at home, like maybe you're cooking and you've got peels and all of that stuff that you need, you throw away. You throw them away in the dustbin. And then from the dustbin, obviously, then you throw them out and the municipal van comes to collect all the refuse and your Mm -hmm. unwanted or unneeded items. Mm -hmm. For diabetes, in a nice simplified version is we have insulin and insulin is your refuse truck that Mm -hmm. collects all the extra glucose in your body that you don't need. And so um, what happens with diabetes is you have two types of diabetes. The first type in diabetes, you don't have any refuse trucks. So you're pretty much building up this um, extra sugar and extra glucose in your body and there's no refuse truck that is coming to collect those extra or that unwanted or unneeded glucose in your body. Mm -hmm. That's type one. So the trucks are not there at all. Mm -hmm. Then type type two diabetes, you have your refuse trucks, but for some one or other reason, your refuse trucks are not operating up to standard. Mm -hmm. So this could be, for instance, because you've overloaded your truck. Just think of those little trucks that you sometimes see on the N1 that are piled up with a whole lot of, um, like, a load that's piled up double what the truck's capacity is, Mm -hmm. I can always imagine what that that truck is going to break down at some point because Mm -hmm. it's not built to carry such a heavy load. So, you one, you could be overloading your truck, and so they they get to a point where they break down and they're not operating. Or, um, two, you you can get to a point where I I make the example of... um, you're not using up your, your, your glu- the, 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 the glucose in time. So, mm-hmm. for instance, I make an ex- illustration with the tires, that in a car you have to maintain your tires and without having good tread and good um, uh, tread on your tires, you're going to have a problem and your car might break down or might have a burst tire. Mm-hmm. So tires I equate to exercise. And mm. exercise, if you're not exercising enough and not using up enough glucose or not being active enough to use up your glucose, you're going to have this pileup of extra glucose in the body. Mm-hmm. Then the other illustration I make is an illustration of a car and oil. There is no car that can function without oil. Mm-hmm. It will overheat. And the, the illustration I make with oil is um, water. So if you're not drinking enough and you're not flushing out, So the body has a mechanism to kind of flush out extra glucose through the kidneys. It's not the best way, Mm -hmm. but it does do that. It flushes it out the kidneys because when it gets into the kidneys, it kind of just messes up the kidneys, which is why people with diabetes have a very, very high risk of um, kidney disease because the, 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 the glucose is now being flushed out of the kidneys instead of the truck collecting it and going to throw it out in the in the rubbish dump. So when your body takes that extra glucose and it drives it down to the rubbish dump, it gets to the rubbish dump and it converts that extra glucose into fat, Mm. which is why when you eat more than you should, you gain weight. Mm -hmm. Because all that additional, whether you're eating glucose or whether you're eating fat, 
all that additional calories um, get converted into fat, which your body stores for a time where you might need it and not be able to eat, which is why people who, when you're not eating enough, you lose weight because now your body relies on your fat stores as a source of glucose and Mm. as a source of energy for Mm. your body. So just to also rewind and go back, the glucose in your body is a source of energy. It's Mm -hmm. the petrol for your car. So you need it to run. You need it to your heart to beat, your brain to function. Everything in your body, in order for it to move and to operate, needs glucose as a source of petrol or energy. So you need the glucose, but when it's more than what it needs, your body has to have a mechanism to get rid of it. So your normal glucose levels in a healthy individual are between 3 and 7 millimoles per liter deciliter. Mm-hmm. So three and seven is the lucky. I always remember it adds up to 10. So Mm. three and seven adds up to 10. (laughs) And those are your normal um, values for a healthy glucose. Anything above that is generally, that is consistently above that is generally an indication of having diabetes. Yeah. So we're going to take an ad break quickly, um, but ask you to stay on the line. On the other side of that, we're going to touch on a little bit on how do you know that you've got this uh, diabetes without having gone to check? So what are the signs that one would say, you know what, when you see this and this, maybe you need to consult a doctor, Mm -hmm. SAAP. So let's dive into those signs and then maybe also the The the, foods that you can eat to prevent. Because I think we always think of what we must do after because we're told that you yes. must eat like this now but how can we eat um you know better in order before to pre- yeah, yeah to prevent this all right let's take an ad break we can't get all the credit we are just the messenger this is hope alive radio station shaping minds for a better future Do you experience headaches and blurry vision? Do you have difficulty focusing on objects? You might be suffering from eye strain. Through a comprehensive eye examination, we can identify the root cause of the symptoms. In addition, we can identify other undiagnosed conditions such as diabetes, abnormal blood pressure, and many more. Our services include eye examination, glaucoma test, and monitoring, management and treatment of conditions through contact and spectacle lenses, eye exercises and or medication. Do not delay. Secure your appointment. Call us on 011-394-0263. We are located at Shop 2, 6 West Street, Kempton Park, Lane Optometrist. Your visual health is our concern. take your business to the next level advertise on hope alive radio and reach customers around the world call us on 011-976-0600 or visit our website at www.hopealiveradio.co.za alternatively you could email info at hopealiveradio.co.za for more information act now and get more clientele 
24 minutes past the hour eight. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the GMG Breakfast Show right here on Hope Alive Radio. Our guest is Lerato Khatebe, and uh, we are talking to her via, uh, she's a dietitian, we're unpacking cholesterol, we're packing, unpacking high blood, what are the do's and don'ts, what are the signs to look out for. If you have any questions, 067-153-1089, use our WhatsApp line. Don't forget to hashtag GMG Breakfast Show, hashtag Hope Alive Radio. All right, Lorato, you still on the line? Yes, I am. I'm still here. Thank yes, you. Um, so before the, the, the break that we took, we were just asking, you know, at what point do you realize, what signs or mm. symptoms um, do you experience before you realize that, okay, I might need to go consult a doctor um, about the way that I might be feeling? Mm. Okay. So the classic symptoms of diabetes is that you, the person has a lot of thirst. So no matter how much you drink, you're just constantly feeling thirsty. Mm -hmm. And when they, like, you can drink half a liter of water now and 20 minutes later, you're still going to be feeling thirsty. And then the other symptom of diabetes as well is they have frequent urination. So even when they're not drinking a lot of water, they still go into the toilet Mm -hmm. ever so often. Little bit by little bit, they're always, always in the toilet. Then the other sign as well is that they have fatigue. So you're constantly feeling tired um, with a bit of confusion sometimes. You almost, um, I get a lot of diabetes clients who, see, who say that um, they have moments where they, they feel so tired, they just quickly need a little nap, and then they have a little nap, and then they can get up and almost function correctly. So it, it, it's not your, 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 I know we're living in such stressful times, and a lot of these symptoms can be so non-specific but there's a very big distinction between being tired because of stress and Mm. that diabetes fatigue you literally need to sleep down your body almost starts to shut down you can't think you can't concentrate um very well your memory issues are a little bit daisy and fuzz um and so yeah those are generally your symptoms of diabetes Mm. And how can we eat to prevent this? Um, you know, because I think sometimes we eat um, a, you know, specified diet after we find out maybe that we have diabetes. So how can we ensure that we eat um, to prevent this condition in the future? Okay, so I'm absolutely so helpful that you've actually asked that question because a diabetic diet is actually the way that all people should be eating, not just diabetics. So the diet... Most dietitians will actually tell you that the foundation for their healthy diets and for all of their other diets are built from a diabetic diet because it is the most solid and most good way that all people can eat. No matter what issues you have, we can all eat and we should all eat like diabetics. And the first things and the things you should do is, number one, you avoid sugar and sugar-containing products. Mm-hmm. So any sort of sugar and sugar-containing products you avoid um, completely. Um, you can have it at the odd time, but yes. obviously for diabetics, we get to a point where we restrict it completely. Mm-hmm. So don't, um, yeah. Then number two, you, you want to have small, frequent meals. So um, as people, we tend to have this, you know, one big meal mm-hmm. or even three big meals in a day. Which is not good. You should more be like a grazer. I tell people at a specific point in time, you should not be eating more than one slice of bread 
or half a cup of starch, mm-hmm. regard like if it's something that you like cereal or rice or any other starch. So it's half a cup of starch and one slice of bread, and then two to three hours in between each meal. Mm-hmm. So that's how you should space. You have that cup, and then two to three hours you have maybe a fruit. Two to three hours you have your cup or one slice. Two to three hours until you've had six small meals in a day. Mm-hmm. Then you want to also increase your fiber intake. So your choice should always be the more natural or the more brown. I always say so. Mm-hmm. Natural means that the more unprocessed, the way it appears in nature is the way you want to eat it. And for the slightly processed stuff, choose your brown or your whole wheat. So we're choosing brown bread, we're choosing brown rice, we're choosing brown pasta, mm-hmm. you, we're choosing mabele, mabele mm-hmm. over maize because mm-hmm. that is much more, much more fiber. So for people who eat quite a lot of stuff, rather switch to mabele mm-hmm. um, than, you know, white maize meal and more fruits and more vegetables than fruits because fruits also are quite high Sugar, in food yeah. So you, I, you limit your fruits to not more than two in a day. And then, then you can up your vegetable intake and more vegetables in day, a day. The more raw, the better. And then also what you want to do is increase your beans. So a lot of people, we rely on meat mm-hmm. for our protein intake. Yeah. But beans are a beautiful source of protein intake. So where possible, try to substitute your um, meat um, for your beans because this also offers a good source of protein. Mm. And then water. Don't forget your water, guys. We need to be drinking two to two and a half liters of water a day, every day. Mm-hmm. And moving on to high yeah. cholesterol as well. I know it's a term that we hear all the time, but we might not know what that yeah. means. Um, can you maybe just tell us what that is? Hi, 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 hi. That's what we hear. So, hi, hi is usually high blood pressure, mm-hmm. which is very different from high cholesterol. High blood pressure is the yeah the pressure of your blood moving through your veins, mm-hmm. whereas high cholesterol is is a type of fat in your body that is important for many of your chemical messenger processes. So many of your hormones, many of all of those chemical um, messengers travel on cholesterol. So it's also very, very vital um, component on your body. But what happens is sometimes we tend to have more cholesterol than we need. And when we have, so what it does is it lines the arteries and it lines your veins, which can then also cause, make you at higher risk for high blood pressure because now the passage through which your blood is able to flow because mm-hmm. it's lined by the cholesterol and the fat um, makes it very difficult for blood to travel and move through your veins, which causes a lot of pressure on your heart. So that's why we call these diseases cardio. Cardio is your heart. Mm-hmm. Vascular is your veins. Um, how your blood moves through your veins affects how your heart functions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it is very important to make sure that the cholesterol, most of the time when people have high cholesterol, it's more because your body is producing more cholesterol because our body produces cholesterol. So we can also take cholesterol in our diet as well. Mm-hmm. So what we recommend is when people have high cholesterol, because your body is producing more cholesterol than you need, you obviously have to reduce the amount you eat in your diet. Yeah. And the amount where you get in your diet 
is um, fat and fat-containing products. And the, the, the quick, easy way to, to think of it is you avoid those fats that you fry it and then you put it out. Anything that you put out at room temperature and you come back tomorrow and it's all hard. It's it no longer that runny, smooth oil mm-hmm. at room temperature. Those are the things we need to avoid. Mm-hmm. So your meats that are, your red meats yes. are usually highest in cholesterol. Yeah. So you want to stick to your chicken and fish, but obviously remove the skin as well because mm-hmm. skins have the fat and um, that's where the fat is in chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to avoid red meat. I usually tell people eat red meat not more than once in a week mm-hmm. and rather stick to your chicken and your fish. Um, you want to also, the other thing that people also do not always remember is that a high amount of starch can also predispose you to high cholesterol mm-hmm. as well. That's so you have to make sure that you're not, yes. So you have to make sure that you're not eating too much starch as well. Um, how it affects is, is in cholesterol, we've got what we call LDL and mm-hmm. HDL. Mm-hmm. So your LDL is your low-density lipo um, protein, and your HDL is your high um density lipoproteins mm-hmm. and so you, 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 you want um, your HDLs because your HDLs help you to carry this cholesterol out of your body so what starch does it pretty much limits your, your, your working ability of your um, HDL and increases your LDLs which can't carry much and then predispose you more to the cholesterol so mm-hmm. that's how they pretty much work mm-hmm. um, but again all of these work together and um, they are our what we call our silent killers. Most people, most of the time, are struggling with a lot of these conditions but don't know it. Mm. If you have a history, like I have people all the time telling me, I can eat what I want, I can do what I want, and yes. I always ask them, does your mother, does your grandmother, does your grandfather have any of these chronic diseases? And if they do, you are at risk of getting them. Mm -hmm. And so it means you need to eat much better when you're younger so that you can avoid getting it once you're older. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, go in for your annual checkups, guys. Mm -hmm. Every year you have to have at least one checkup with your doctor. No matter how happy you are, no matter how healthy you think you are, just go into your doctor and have one annual checkup to just check that high blood that they know which checks to do, but they usually do your high, your blood pressure. They'll check your cholesterol. They'll check your sugars. And then they do other physical checks as well to make sure all is still okay. Because as I'm saying, these things are silent killers. And most of the time we have them and we're not aware that we have them. Mm-hmm. As Lerato, last question. There's this, um, you know, in terms of diets, there's now the popularity of, I think it's banting or keto, where they encourage, you know, more intake of fat so that your body can end up using that um, to burn, um, to yeah, to for energy instead of what it normally uses, and that's the, the carb intake. How does that affect, you know, um, high cholesterol? And, yeah, what is, what, is, what is the effect of such diets on high cholesterol? So, yes, so that's the very bad thing about um, ketogenic diets, or I'd rather say banting, because you can get ketogenic diets that are not as high in fat mm-hmm. as compared to banting. So banting really does um, um, recommend that people eat your butters and your bacon and your, you know, the more fatty the food, the better. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can have a ketogenic diet, which is pretty much, 
you are not having as much carbohydrates, but you're still eating healthy fats in good moderation, mm-hmm. just cutting out how much processed um, carbohydrates yeah. that you're eating. Mm-hmm. So um, the banting diet, that's the reason why we definitely don't recommend it because the amount of fat in that diet is way, way, way too much for healthy levels. And while you may get away with it, and it, in the short term for some people it has been good because the, the benefit of losing a huge amount of weight um, outweighs the, 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 the risk of that much fat for a short period of time. So it's definitely not something you can do for a long period of time. But the problem with banting as well is that because it's not a very balanced diet and it's not a very lifestyle-based diet, most banters will tell you they, they fall off the wagon at some point and then mm-hmm. they stop banting and they gain back the weight. Mm-hmm. So at the point where you gain back the weight with all that fat that you have been consuming, you now put yourself at a much bigger risk for diseases and cardiovascular diseases than you had before you had that weight and before you started the banting diet. So I definitely always do not recommend it. It's way too much fat. Rather pop in and see your dietitian so that they can calculate something for you. One of the tricks we always say, or one of the things about public health is that you never, what I'm recommending is general and for the general public. Mm -hmm. Individually, you need something that is specific to you for your specific need, for your specific lifestyle. And, and so you need to pop in and see a dietitian so that she can calculate what is necessary for you. And there are instances where um, dietitians do use ketogenic diets mm-hmm. for specific people, but it's not for everybody. And it needs to be supervised by a healthcare professional who can monitor that what you're doing you're doing it for the right amount of time and for the right reasons and having the benefit that you're needing it and that it does not have unnecessary risks or consequences to what you're doing. Uh, Lerato, in just a short uh, response, what age group is most at risk? Which age group should frequently be on the lookout? So the, the, the age risk is anybody over... 45 and above is mm. where your risk factors start increasing in terms of diabetes. Okay. But age is not, age is one of the risk factors. The other bigger, which is not as bad as um, family history. Mm. So the minute you've got family history, you, you don't even look at age because it mm. can come at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, age is one of the risk factors. Weight is the biggest, biggest risk factor. Mm. So when you calculate your BMI, and a BMI is a weight-to-height ratio, if your BMI is more than 30, you are at increased risk for cardiovascular diseases no matter what age you are. I mm. literally have children who are three years old who've got mm. BMIs of 40. They're so overweight, and they're having heart problems and have diabetes, type 2 diabetes at three years old. Because mm. parents think... Fat babies are cute babies, and it's the most painful thing to see ever to see these little children have to now inject themselves with insulin mm. and whatnot because as a society, we think fat babies are cute babies. Mm. And so as parents, in, like the minute you're overweight, it, the, 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 the age and the family history, you know, overweight in itself is a big risk factor for that. So sure. if you know that you're overweight, you have to make sure that you're going in and you're going to check up. If you've got a family history, you go and check up. And then over, obviously then 
over 45, you'll do it a lot more often than um, your younger population. Thank you so much, Lerato, for making time for us. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you? Um, where on the can socials, people, Yes, yeah. on the socials or maybe even professionally, like you've got a website or something. Yes, so you can contact me via my email, which is laratakadebe at gmail.com, and then, you know, we can take communication from there. But otherwise, on social medias, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Ask a Dietitian. Um, that's my handle for all of my social media pages. So you can find me on all of them at Ask a Dietitian or at Lerato Red C. It's mm. also another um, handle. All right. We shall definitely have you again. Maybe next time we'll be diving into the foods that people need to eat for fertility. You know, mm. so we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Uh, we enjoy having you. <laughs> you, you, you're forcefully part of the family now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Bye, fire, no, bye, no, no. It's, an it's an absolute pleasure, guys. Anytime. All right. Cheers. That's how we wrap up our conversation with Lerato Khatebe. If you want to speak to her, do touch base with her at Lerato Khatebe at, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also you can find her at Ask the Dietitian on all social platforms. You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.